This week, we discuss the film adaptation of the viral Twitter thread of Zola. I'm Chad. And I'm Matt. And we are so proud to present to you the 20th episode of our podcast. We used to talk about this at work. So, 20 episodes, Matt. Can you believe it? I cannot. I mean, it just seems long ago. It was just a pipe dream. And now, look, 20 episodes in. All right. This genuinely, this doesn't feel real. It's like it was just a random idea. And now here we are um, eating up my Saturday nights and your Sunday mornings. Right. I could be out here. Especially today, I might still be sleeping because <laughs> this is an early morning one on this one. Yeah. Uh, but no, nah, it's okay. I mean, we got our X amount of loyal listeners. They need this good content that we provide and they enjoy it. Um, so yeah, but 20 episodes. Nah, I, I honestly, when uh, we talked about this idea, it was like, yeah, we should do this. And I'm like, I ain't gonna last. You know, we dropped out of four or five, right? 20 in. I feel we all right. We 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 making our main stay here. We're so close to half a year. That's wild. Right. Um, yeah. So I've said this a few times on the show. The main thing I enjoy, obviously, is talking to you. It's like you are genuinely one of my best friends. But uh, uh yeah, fuck you. But <laughs> what I really liked, and like part of the reason that I really wanted to do this is so that we could reconnect with old coworkers. And I agree, because, like, 20 episodes in, it's good to, like, it's one thing if, yeah, like, I can hit somebody up on Facebook Messenger or something, but, like, us doing this to see them, and then, you know, we have conversations before the podcast, during, and then after to reconnect, it, it's been it's been good to reconnect with our friends. Now, all that being said, we have a guest here that um, we both used to work with. Uh, we would like to extend a very warm welcome to our good friend, Deanna. How are you doing this evening, ma'am? Well, hello, hello, with the spirit fingers. <laughs> the spirit fingers nobody can see. The spirit fingers nobody can see. I have to tell them I got spirit fingers. Good morning, good afternoon. You sound like a school administrator right there. That's that work tone that stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deanna, tell us who you are. You know, what's going on here? Ooh, who am I? A wild person. Um, okay. Y'all will probably remember from work. So a very interesting person. Um, I could be a huge asshole or I can be like a really cool person. Just depends on the day, the moment, what you've said and done to me. And if there's liquor involved on who I actually <laughs> am. I didn't know he was getting wild, wild. All right. <laughs> I mean, I am drinking the Bel Air at the moment. So yeah, yeah. yeah you were telling me pre-show you said that's rick ross's alcohol yeah yeah so and how, this and how much did you spend on that deanna so this is the second bottle the first bottle i spent 100 on the second bottle was 60 all right i have a question so what is this is cognac what is what is, what is this no on? you don't know what bel air is they have the white bel air rose bel air black uh, that seems like that that's above my price range that look expensive. i mean it really isn't so typically these are 30 dollars, right oh okay so, the typical amount for a Bel Air is anywhere from $24.99 to $34.99, just depending on which of the um, 
hood liquor stores versus an actual spirit location that you go to um, and what the price actually varies. So there is um, white Bel Air, um, black Bel Air, rosé Bel Air, and then they came out with a limited edition one, a blue Bel Air, um, I want to say about three months ago. So us black folk all went a running and it they sold out everywhere. And it wasn't just like in Illinois, Missouri, like they were pretty much sold out almost everywhere you went to. So as the shipments start coming in, they start going up on the prices. So then it went up to about $60. Still couldn't catch it. Like literally people would come in and buy the whole case once they found out a store had. Damn. This so what, what's, came, uh, what's the, what's the, like if you had to uh, contribute to a different liquor, what would you contribute to? Is it something like hypnotics? Um, is this blue or what would you say? It is actually blue. It is, um, it's like a lightly blueberry flavored champagne. Oh, okay. So basically, right. but I mean, I think they hyped it up so much that I just don't know what I thought it was going to be, but it basically, that's what it is. It's like very lightly flavored. Um, but yeah, you enjoy, so, you enjoy it though, right? I enjoy it because I paid a hundred dollars for it. So that means Rick Ross, send us some free cases so we can promote this. We will sell out and shill for anybody that gives us product or money. Just to be clear, we've got 20 episodes under our belt. We're not going nowhere. Right. You used to work with us, Deanna. Um, can you tell the audience anything about that? Well, it was some bullshit for me. Um, that was on Chad's end, not mine. No, it wasn't even on Chad's end. Chad was my savior. <laughs> Chad was actually one of my saviors. I think talking to Chad helped me not fuck a few people up in that establishment. So, um, in that establishment. <laughs> it, was Chad, a, I, it was a structure that we were in. Man, how many times I've come to you like, Chad, they don't know me. I will tear this motherfucking building up. Like We've had conversations I, like that. Um, I've literally had conversations where I wanted to just start tearing shit up. And it was like security or just walk to your car. It was like, it was a head toss because it was almost worth it at one point. So it was basically whether or not security takes me out or I take me out. Or anxiety because I have woken up at the hospital because of anxieties from the stressfulness of the job. So one of the three has always taken me out of the building. Well, no, not one of the three. I've never been taken out by security. That was a lie. <laughs> that was that's what we call a joke in our industry. <laughs> well, no joke. I think mentally in my head, I think security did almost take me before. I mean, that was a stressful place. We've kind of mentioned that a few times. Yeah. So you got any other work stories? Um, minus the time that I went to the bathroom and so I have my own special stalls. <laughs> okay. I don't like public bathrooms. So in order for me to have to go, I have to like deem a special stall in a facility mine that I can get to. So like the less used, the, the, the more vacant area of a building, just something where I can feel like it ain't as nasty. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. And like, I've deemed myself like, and also like Rick and Morty did an episode about this. It's a shy pooper and it's where you like to me, I'm the same way. I will go out of my way. Like if there's a bat, like say if I work here and there's a bathroom 50 meters away, but there's another bathroom 60 meters away, I will go to the one that's furthest away because I like to be when I'm pooping, I want to be comfortable. 
Oh, yeah. not pooping. The furthest or one, or just anything. Yeah, it's not necessarily just pooping for me. Like I, I don't want. To, I, it's just the, the the fact of so many people going into a bathroom just bothers my mental. So it's just a matter of it already being a public bathroom. And the previous job actually solidified the reason why I do this. But I was devastated. So I had my little one stall. It's always the handicapped stall. You know, females, I can't put my purse on the floor, so I need to be able to hang it up. What if I got my jacket on? I need to throw it over. What if I got my jumper? Like, I need room. I'm fat, so I get hot. I can't be closed in. Like, I got a lot of shit on how I deem these spots, my spots. So I go to my spot this one particular day, and I open the door, and I'm like, what the fuck? Somebody had took shit as if they mixed it in the toilet and watered it up and just slung it in circles. So from the ceiling around the entire stall, I was like, where the fuck do I work at? Like, <laughs> whose child had to be a kid? Like, this is not even bring your kid to work day. Who was this fucking mentally disturbed that they put their own hands in shit and then played in it enough to loosen it up to then sling it? That was the most disturbing shit. I was just like, this is why I'm gonna have kidney failure and my colon's gonna bust because <laughs> this shit gotta get held the whole shift and then I work an hour away. So that's kind of fucking right. Because one of my one of my pet peeves, it's like one thing that I hate. One number one is I hate when people spit on the street. Okay. I hate I hate like spit in the grass, spit whatever. Like if I'm walking concrete, whatever pavement. I hate walking and I see spit. Two is I hate when people like take a shit and just leave it there. So yeah, like, like you can't flush. Right. It's like, what kind of savage are you that you taking <laughs> this like monstrous shit? And then if you look at the toilet, ain't no toilet paper. So that means you took you went in there, took this monstrous shit, and it was like, all right, I'm good to go, and got up and walked away. It's like that's the kind of savages we live with day to day. We don't know who this. No, is not even are. just live with. Those are the kind of savages we work with. Right, and it's, it's like mostly you know work who with. I don't, are. Who does I that? Like, who with. takes this like gigantic shit? It was like, all right, it's out of me. We're done. If they had <laughs> toilet paper, I'd be like, all right, cool. They wipe themselves, whatever. Maybe the toilet got clogged. But when you come in there, just a big ass log, and then nothing else. That means they just like, let me rock this set out. All right, we good to go from here. And they get up and went about their business. Like, I'm with both of you. Like, that is a pet peeve of mine. Like, gross toilet behavior. But on the same, like, kind of similar um, train of thought, like, do you guys have any phobias? I, um, I am, like, beyond terrified of, of insects. Um, just about any insect that you can think of. Um, I feel like if it gets on me, like it's going to implant an egg in me and what then the egg is going to, don't fucking laugh, check this shit is real. Like, I feel like it could get on me and put egg like on me. And what if they get under my skin and then they bubble up and then one day I'm just sitting here and like just bugs come out of me. Like some real sci-fi some type of shit. Alien and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I feel like they're nasty they're disgusting. I don't know. I don't know their purpose. Like, I mean, I do, but I don't. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, I'm itching now talking about it. I just, I just had a whole um, meltdown twice in the past, excuse me, week. Um, one almost, almost got me killed or at least pretty badly injured. <laughs> so I go to take my niece to the store 
And instead of me parking into a parking spot, I'm like, yeah, she's just going to run in. I'm going to park like kind of up on the sidewalk where it definitely says no parking here. So I'm just going to park here anyway. The minute she got out as she was closing the door, a big gold wasp. One, I've never seen a gold wasp, but the shit threw me for a loop. I'm like, why is it gold? It's limited edition. It damn sure was. And he was like, really? I was just about to say that. Like, you know, like the wasp was like huge. I'm like, he, he's not even normal size. He's not the right color. Like this shit mutated. It's a COVID wasp. Like what the fuck? <laughs> so she's closing the door and the motherfucker like just like just slithered in through the little crack right as it was closing. So I immediately jump out of my car. I have depicted my phobias onto my children. So I go out one door. My other kid takes off running out the other door. So she's to the sidewalk. I'm to the street cool this homeless guy was like you all right I'm like no there's a bug in my car so he goes in he acts like he's showing it around he's like it's gone soon as I get in the car the motherfucker was like ha ha I'm not gone he came up from in between the seats right on the side of my face and I just darted out running across the parking lot right in the middle of an f-150 damn near got sweated the fuck up yeah all because of a bug so the homeless guy ended up getting in my car he killed it. He broke it out and was like, see, it's dead, squished on the ground, stuck. You got $20, like, miss? No, he was just like, can you just donate some supplies? What do you want, sir? Let's go shopping. Took his ass right to the, the family dollars. I was like, you like Dove? I'll get you some Dove body wash. You don't have to use that safeguard shit. Don't have you smelling good. <laughs> like, he got <laughs> he got a whole bag of shit. He had deodorant. He, I, you need some snacks. It's hot outside. Let me get you some propel. We want you to be hydrated. Like, what else you need? Like, I spent probably about 40, 50 bucks because I felt like he saved my life. That's fair. That's, That's fair. a good story. That's a great story. It was not. It was not a great story. It was uh, a terrifying story. I don't or think. I have to say a great ending to the story. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that Matt and I would be that um, detail oriented when we list our phobias. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I don't have a. I think my phobia, I used to have a phobia of snakes. And um, I uh, at one of my past jobs, I wore security with uh, some people who had snakes. So we used to go to their house and like play, like we used to work night shifts. So uh, in the mornings, we used to go over to the, the supervisor's house and play like poker and cards and stuff. And that supervisor had snakes. I used to have a phobia of snakes. So, like, the more we did it, I got more, um, I guess, calmer with snakes. So, like, he used to, like, feed them, like, I used to feed them rats and everything to, to build up whatever the thing is. But I like my phobia, if I had to say anyone, has to be rats. Oh, um, I, I think I'm just real basic. Like, I have a phobia of heights, but I do things that challenge that. So um, in my past, I have skydived. It was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Oh. And then, okay, let me stop, stop, stop right there. What made you do that? Since, um, you, since you already know that you have a phobia. It was somebody I was dating at the time. Wanted to do it. Do anything for a woman. <laughs> um, as um, I've been getting older, I've been, I have been going to more theme parks. And so I'm like, I spent all this money. I'm riding these roller coasters. Nope. And so like stuff like that so it's like some stuff where it's like uh i remember going to the arch like within the last like 10 years and i'm like mm, i don't like this you got in the little <laughs> the little ticky tick car that took you to the top right i don't but think the, that's a high thing that's a phobia thing plus that shit old and raggedy as hell 
but the thing is like i don't mind flying in an airplane like i i i think part of it for me is like if 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 it's a big enough space it's not a big deal but like if if my mind can really coordinate like oh the 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 air is like right here like if you're falling or on a, or on the roller coaster like, like where the air is touching you i think that's what kind of messes me up my thing is with all that stuff is stuff that i can control so i don't like flying i've flown thousand miles but then is i know i can't control the outcome so like i still get nervous but i'm like i'm gonna block it out watch movies listen to music whatever i mm-hmm. block it out roller coasters i i can do i choose not to do right uh, but like if like for example say tomorrow i'm always like let's roll this i can do it but i would choose like if i can control it because i have no control over the situation so when you say like you have your phobia of that to where like i will rather um bungee jump this skydive. how the fuck is that any different and no shorter distance <laughs> and then, i mean same death ending like what i'm saying my my, <laughs> my, my reasoning is because you know, you always have a chance that I should say always. I don't know the mathematics about this, but there is a chance that quote unquote your parachute might open. Same thing, well, your bungee cord might snap. Like, but you at least you have a bungee cord attached to you. So if it's too long and you just go straight flat, <laughs> that's like, why you should do it over water. Or like some people do a bridge with rock. That's what you do over bridge you with really water. Know. That can swim. You don't know. Man was in the Navy. He better know how to swim. Oh, oh, I know some Navy people that's like, hey, I can doggy paddle. But even in the water, if you hit the water hard enough, it's the same impact as concrete. That's why they, there is a certain way to dive, though. But also, there's a certain way that you're supposed to do as far as um, when you bungee jump. Like, there's different, like, all right, Navy-wise. They teach you certain ways to dive once you into the water but like you said there's people like 100 every navy person in a u.s navy who's left it is trained to swim and dive excuse me let me tell it back trained to swim and they have dough now if i train if i completed boot camp in 1990 and i've never done this again to 2021 my skills are not up to par and that's what i was worried about i'm like i i completed boot camp i know how to swim about a month ago i went to the ocean i'm like let me see if i still remember the skills and i floated on my back and i did all the shit that like they teach us i'm like all right i still got it if i need to but yeah if you don't use it daily you might forget how to do that shit that's a fucked up location to see if you still got it like you can find a smaller area of water what no, because we wouldn't even be on this podcast right now. No, because if, if if I'm in my safe zone, <laughs> if I'm in my safe zone, I'm not my my I don't know my reactions are not gonna kick in. So I was out. No, no, no. When I did it, I was in what am I five something? So I was in like seven foot water ish. So as I was on my back, if I got scared or whatever, I, all I know is I had to 
you know, just jump up and down in the ocean to get my air or whatever. It wasn't like I was in like some 12 foot stuff. I was still but the fact that you said how tall am I? Five foot something is worrying me. <laughs> just so you know. Shit's but not at least I know, I know if shit is a fan, if I'm ever on a boat or a ship, if shit is a fan, I know I'll be able to float my way out that motherfucker. Uh, this week, we talk about Zola. You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch fell out? It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense. What brings y'all here? We making shmoney. Money, titties, money, titties. From here on out, watch every move this bitch make. Do not trip. Y'all want to trap? Okay, wait, 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 hold up. I came to dance. No, 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 we're done with that. Is this what you came here for, Zola? Do it look like I came for this? This is messy. You are messy. Your brain is broke. I don't fuck with you. No more. I didn't do nothing wrong. Zola tells the wild story of a weekend a woman named Zola took with her new friend Stephanie down in Florida. The plan was just to strip at a few clubs and make some money, but the weekend slowly escalated to prostitution, a hold-up, kidnapping, and an attempted suicide. Deanna, why don't you tell us what you thought of Zola? Um, I and like also, the- this is full spoilers. Like, don't hold back. Oh, cool. So, I all right, then. Did- so, like you said, <laughs> when we when we listened to this, when you downloaded this, you saw the description. What we're gonna be talking about? It ain't no spoilers. All right, we let you know. We talking about this. We ain't doing spoilers. You saw what it was about. We already watched the movie. We discussing this. So, it is what it is. If you haven't li- watched it before this. Well, you should listen to it because we're going to let you know if you need to go forward, listen to it. I appreciate it. I don't even know why you did that, man. You haven't done that in like 12 episodes. Right. I know. I thought about it right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I liked it because it for me, it was more of a um, a personal connection in a sense of the stripper aspect of things. Were you a stripper? Oh, I good was, question. I'm about to lean into that. No, I was actually a showgirl before, not a stripper. There's a difference. All right, elaborate that. What's the difference? What's the difference? Okay, so um, showgirls are more a fantasy. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be nude. You are actually just acting out a, um, a fantasy with a distance between you and the customer. Also, um, within our guidelines, there could be no penetration of any kind, whether it was from another person or from an object by yourself or whatever the case may be. I'm loving Chad's face. <laughs> so could they touch you? No. So um, it was more like a bedroom setting type of setup. And there was like a little banister that was in between the room and it had motion um, detectors. There was a camera only facing my side to ensure there was like no penetration, no shit that I wasn't supposed to do. Oddly, one of our um, things that we could not do, we could not let our, our um, bare feet touch the floor. So if it was a fetish where like our shoes somehow were taken off doing this fetish, if we put our barefoot on the floor, like we got fined. It was, it was, I don't, I never understood that shit, but we got fined for it. So um, it was $60 for the first 10 minutes. And then I think it was like $5 a minute after that um, for that. And then for the house, I only had to give the house $20 from each customer. Yeah, it was pretty dope. So um, I didn't do a lot of it. I kind of only went in for one particular person. I was only 19 at the time. So I was still kind of on the shyest 
you know, shy side of things. So I wasn't as comfortable with doing like the girl on girl type of shit. So um, I had a guy that drove, I think he came like three or four hours out from Missouri and he came into Illinois at the time where I was at and he had a foot fetish. So his whole thing was to change the polish on my toes. So I would basically sit there and just polish my toes different colors. I would take oil and rub my oil through my toes like dumb shit, but I could easily make them their grand off that guy that night. So the thing is, the camera is only on my side to ensure I'm behaving. On your side, you have a couch, a table, lamp, some napkins, some hand sanitizer, and a trash can. Do your thing. So he used to do his thing to nail polish on your toes. It was weird. But um, anywho, to uh, the movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> but on another podcast or whatever, I would like to dive deeper because I'm all into this type of thing. So we can... We oh, can yeah. uh, we can do some later on, but yeah. More than happy to come back to that one. I got plenty more. So on the aspect of just like understanding strippers, we have a lot of family friends. Um, I've had a very close um, family couple, husband and wife that ran two strip clubs in East St. Louis um, up until one past. So um, I frequently attend strip clubs. Uh, I like strippers. So um i've watched this type of shit play out before like i've actually worked with girls who had pimps before um and they would bring in like this type of shit in arrangements where i've watched one of my girls they actually jumped their pimp and they like jumped out of a second third floor window at one of the hotels to escape he came and like shot at the club trying to get to the girls like it was some crazy shit so this i was like oh shit this is my type of thing right here like i, I know this stuff they ain't lying <laughs> so I like so, it. So, um, so as you watched it, you was like, okay, none of this shit is like far fetched or nothing. You was like, like you I know, remember so, that. I remember this that. is like realistic <laughs> shit. This is very realistic shit. Minus the boyfriend jumping over the um the balcony. Like I was like, what type of tweaking? Like, did you hit PCP, LSD, snort type of shit? Like, who the fuck jumps over bal- What? What is going on? I, I, that part I was just I was hoping that shit was fake until I read the tweets after the movie I was like the dumb motherfucker did that for real um, yeah it wasn't far-fetched um, the movie wasn't down to how the shit ended like it, it really was not far-fetched it was actually hilarious and I think um, it's better than actually reading the tweets I think they played it out very well based off of the tweets like you can follow the movie with the tweets but um, the movie was definitely better okay so I was vaguely, severely, vaguely familiar of the tweets before the movie came out. So then once the, once the movie was announced, I read the tweets. I'm like, okay, cool. Now I watched the movie. So my thoughts on the movie is, okay, I, my, my first take is, is that they seem to have some kind of very fetishy thing with piss. Everybody, I didn't read. I didn't read. I didn't read that as a fetish. Well, I'm. I'm I know it's a fetish, but I'm like, why is pissing in this movie like a common thread? So okay, so I remember there was the scene where Zola and Stephanie went to the bathroom and they showed both of their pee, and I thought it was to show that Stephanie most likely has STDs. Oh, I just took it as a. I, I took it as she didn't wipe. I mean, that was very evident. She didn't wipe. She didn't wash her hands. She did nothing. But right. I think you know, they say how some people are just different from others. So I took that as a um, 
I don't want to say a white and black thing, but I almost took it as they were like, oh, she, they depicted her like this trailer park trash ass type of white chick. Like, oh, this is what trailer park trash does. Like, they don't wipe their ass. They nasty. They're here sucking and fucking. They got pimps. They stupid. And then it was like, oh, but I'm on the more decent end of things. It could have been, I don't know, it could have been played any kind of way, but I didn't just get it as she just didn't wipe. Like, that's the more obvious of it. And it got to yeah. be something from it. Right, because yeah. she was, she's the one that was sitting on the toilet. The other one wasn't sitting on the toilet. But I'm like, but then also you had uh, their... Um, I say there. She had her like the like multiple scenes, like later on a movie, it was about people peeing. Like that, like the times where like their quote quote her pimp, it was times where the sounds of him peeing and everything else like that. And he's like, uh, uh like yeah, and, that. I, and I and I continue so to like read this, that like, as as STDs. I continue to read that as oh, STDs. Like he's burning, or yeah. maybe yeah. yeah. That's how I took it. Burning? Yeah. Uh, I took it as like we know you you taking a piss. You don't have to elaborate because it was like four or five scenes of just somebody pissing, right? Because yeah. like Zola kept reiterating how like she dances, but she doesn't do anything else, and like mm-hmm. they made it very clear that these people they were into it's a lot more stuff, right. right? And so that's that's how I read all the piecings. Okay, yeah, I think it's more burning because I ain't like who just pisses that loud. Like right. even if you held it all day and you rushed, it was like right at the tip, and you almost didn't make it. You don't do that. It was more of like a growling type of like it was mm-hmm. kind of disturbing. Like the first time I seen him pee, I was like, Ew, all right, I don't know how to take that one and then uh, my my also second take is that zola handled that sh- handled that shit way more or better than anybody could ever expect it because she handled that with like calmness yeah they're real calmness she handled every situation like when like there's times where you could have like wild out or been like this she handled every situation with grace. She had a great no, Except for when he said, get your ass back in this car before I put you back. Get your ass back. Yeah, and that, that accent like, came out of nowhere. Right. That's what I was saying. Right. That's what I, I was like, wait, I never heard that accent before. But he's like, get your ass in this car before I get your ass in the car. Also, like, later on, when it was a thing, he was like, once I get up, you get up and you come after me. You, you walk behind me. So it yeah. was like, she handed herself calmly and all those matters. Yeah, yeah. That, that hood rah rah shit. When she was like, who the fuck you think you talking to? That shit went out the window real fast when he said, get the fuck back in the car. She was like, oh, okay, this motherfucker so, might be serious. So I might die. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Like, you know, you can hear, like certain tones, like when your mama yelled at you a certain kind of way. I think that was mm-hmm. one of those, oh, he dead ass. Let me get the fuck in this car before he put me in here for real. Right. Right. I don't know, but she was she was mad cool though. Um, better than what I would have did. I probably would have died in this. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of dicey situations. Yeah, she, she was, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was like once they like one of the first things when they got there and they were talking about the whole tricking thing. She was kind of like not nonchalant. That's not the right word, but she was kind of like easy going with it. Okay, this this and that. She was like so easy with the whole situation i mean she adapted to it but she was just so easy with every all the stuff and then the transaction i i also really liked the movie um i remember the story uh when the tweets first came out and i i can't say if i read all of them 
but I've read like a, a lot of them because it's like 148 tweets. But um, yeah, I was like, okay, this is this is this is a wild story. So I uh, when the first trailer came out, like I was like, I have to see this movie. Like this this just looks like a wild ride. And seeing the movie, just like the visual things that the director did, like the scene, like some some of the scenes that were really cool, like when um, Zola and Stephanie are looking at each other and like this the background changes and like it's a whole scene change. And like the bit where Zola's like, who do you want to be tonight, Zola? And like all those little costume changes. Like, I really like that. Um, I like how the story slowly escalated, you know? Right. And I will say the biggest thing I don't like about this movie is that it's based off a true story. And so I felt like the ending just kind of ended with a whimper, at least for me. Like it, it feels like it just ended instead of like it built and built and built and it's like okay we're just gonna drive back home now that might have been the legality portions of things because then the dude from what i read on it then he gets into like life and the wife played like the whole guilt trip whoa it's me i didn't know anything and got off and then zola not zola um the white stephanie, chick stephanie. yeah stephanie um then she do like a little bit in in jail and she's like married with a little boy or something now so i think it may be just the legalities of the cases because it was a real movie or based on real things and that it did go into a legal uh standpoint at some point that i don't think they could actually cross into that so i think that they had to i mean they could have done better with the ending yeah um but it, i think they probably just ran out of shit like this movie was so exaggerated like what ending could they have given really I agree. I agree. Like, what could we have done? Like, right. I, I can't answer that, but it just... Right. I think that's the only way they could end it. The only thing that I was lost about is the ending, yeah, was blocked, but the whole part where they had her, like, the, the steel pick, what was the whole point of her sitting on her knees with, like, all these dicks surrounding her? What was that about? A gangbang. No. They said that she it was... It was definitely gangbang. Yeah, she was definitely gangbang, but remember, because she said that it was supposed to be a gangbang. And then she was like, no, that's not what we agreed upon. And that's why Zola kept calling X. the pimp and was like trying to figure out, hey, I didn't agree to this. And then he never answered. So I guess she just went along with it. I don't know. It just made it, it just seemed like it was like a focal point. It's like, okay, are we supposed to remember that she was on her knees surrounded by dicks? Or like I felt like something should have came from that that particular scene. You know how you you make it a point to make something known in the movie. And they made it like right. a, a major point, but then nothing came from it. It was like, okay, so did she suck and fuck all of these dicks or was it just yes. like- What I don't get is why is it that they went from, and I, I get the terms mixed up, an end call is when they come to you, right? No. Um, I think, I thought in call is when you go to them. Yeah, and in call, call is when you when go to they, them. Yeah, out call is when you go to the establishment that you prefer. Like, for example, if you was like, hey, this is a hotel you're staying at during this time, during like that. End call is, you know, end call is where that's you go when to the you, customer. Go, you go to the customer. Yeah. Remember when the, right before the dude kidnapped her and they knocked on the door and she said, she said end, end call? call? Okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, that was my thing. Like, I get that you can make more money doing an end call, but, like, that's so dangerous. And I was like, why are they doing this? Because when you are in that thing, that when you're in that that particular type of business, so to speak, it's not about fear at that point because 
your pimp or whoever is supposed to be the protector. So technically he should have been the person waiting outside of the door or walking her to the door or waiting outside, not Zola. So that was the whole point of him saying, well, Zola, you think you can do my job better than me? Okay, make her another ad. Okay, Zola, now you take the gun. Zola, now you watch the white boy. So Zola started taking on the role of okay. the pimp okay. because she wouldn't act out as the, you know, the, 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 whatever the hell you want to call hooker, prostitute, whatever they call them. Um, she didn't want to act out that role. She was more of the, the calm person to let me handle this. Let's get this money, but I'm not doing this shit, but I'll help you get the money. Same role of the pimp. I'm not doing this shit. I'm gonna go home and count this money, but I'm gonna help you go do it. So he kind of put Zola in that position, but Zola ran like a motherfucker. I mean, I right. would have too. Right. And, and, that, and, that's, <laughs> whole and, that's, that, and that's how it is. Like, uh, I've told you, Chad, where across the street from me is a love hotel in Japan where, you know. Love? Like L-O-B-E? It, yeah, yes. In they call it a love hotel where you pay X amount of dollars for how many times an hour you want to be there. So you a one hour, two hours. I can't see whatever. my hand. What do you mean? How many times you want to be there? Like how many times? You how long you want to be there? I mean, how long you start? How long? Oh, you okay. Be there for like so hour, it's not it's hours. not like prostitutes there. Like you bring a partner to the hotel. Yes. Yeah. It's just so like if you and your boyfriend, your partner like, could want, be a prostitute though. That is true. It's like so. Say if you and your partner was like, hey, uh, I just want a new environment or whatever, because you know they got different themes and different. Uh, Accessories in those things. Accessories. The like, room. It's a it's I a love hotel. I want to yeah. visit this place. Yeah, they got sex swings. They got costumes. They got you can dress up I as a school no girl. They got costumes where a room looks like a doctor's office. You dress up as a doctor. Ooh. You play patient. Like they got like it's elaborate. Like oh, we definitely gonna have to do a bonus thing. Like I'm dumb excited to like we need something like that stateside. Like I like stuff like that. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. stuff like that here is just probably harder to find. It's probably nasty and it's probably real just whorish. It ain't and it wouldn't be legal. It would just straight be hoes if it was (laughs) here. Right, and that's that's why I like being in Japan because they like they it's 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 it's, I'm gonna say look down upon, but it's it's not looked down upon, but it's like. It's a niche. There we go. It's a niche where, you know, but like you can always tell whenever um, there's a Japanese holiday, for example, for us, when it's like 4th of July weekend, you know, when you know people are going to be out for these multiple days, that's when they got out, they signs out, all right, it's a sale for X amount of time for whatever. But what I'm going to say was that the whole pimp and thing was there is times where you can order you be like, order a girl and go to this room at this X amount of time. But then when they do it, there is a van parked up in the corner just in case shit get uh, out of hand. Right. And like you said, it shouldn't have been Zola handling that. It should have been a guy handling that. His name's X. X. It should have been X. So in real life, it was Z. <laughs> right yes. in the movie, in the movie they changed it to X. Right, it should have been him handling that, and yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're gonna do a bonus on that one. Like, I, I need to figure out how we can recreate this type of structured establishment here locally. I like that and type of stuff. Hey, I think, I think, I think, I think people will love that because you know, I will. It's it's different in Japan because you know. The, the people in Japan do not live at live. They live with their mother. Like, you know, for example, for us in the States, 
once we turn 18, we out the house type of thing. Right. Where them is they out the house once they get married and get another thing. So, for example, you be 22, you got a boyfriend, you you can't bring it to your parents' house. So you go to this love hotel for an hour, two hours, you pay for X amount of time, and then you're good to go, and then everything's good. I think the state should do a lot more love hotels. It'll make it easier for even people who young and still living at home or people who just want to venture out. Everybody ain't trying to go to just No, a- it wouldn't be that. So that's more of a culture, and I think those were based around the culture. Right. Where here, it would just be based around another slot for you to take a hoe to. Like, hey, I want a hoe and I want you to be a nurse. Like, hey, I know this love. That, that so seems like a, a win-win. That I mean, like but a you, know, you know, like the whole stigma Americans have about sex and stuff. So I don't know how you pitch that, but right. yeah. You would definitely have the local law enforcement, I think, like down your back. And I think it would probably be harder to get that type of establishment here just because of the type of nonsense um and then the sanitary portion of things like damn i mean you'd have to definitely spend money because you got to clean them things yeah especially yeah. during COVID. <laughs> right and then you had to break it down i would be more happy to get COVID than what i probably would get outside of that, <laughs> that type of, just i'll take COVID this time i don't want the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> And I've had COVID and that shit was horrible. Right now. So what would you rate this movie, Matt? Mm. Uh I beside like the, the first couple minutes of the movie, it was say first 15, 20 minutes when they were in the whole restaurant thing. I was like, I was treating this like, all right, this is homework. I have to watch it for the podcast. But and I'm just like, man, this shit is whack. And they started doing this weird shit with the the visuals. And I'm yeah, like, the, the stuff that I like that they eventually stopped doing. Yeah, right. So then, like, they was doing this. I'm like, man, I hate this shit. I was like, I'm just gonna watch it for the podcast. That's what I gotta do. I gotta do my homework. But no, nah, but then it picked up. And then I was like, but one thing I do have, like, regardless of the movie, I did not like where. There are certain scenes, like I want to say three or four scenes where they're driving, but they don't show the, okay, you know, the beginning of the scene where they're driving, they're singing a song, they're doing the whole thing. That's fine. I'm talking about the sign. There's, there's like four or five scenes where they're just driving the car and you just see the front of the car. So you see the, the uh, street in front of them driving. Yeah. I feel like that was too long in those instances because they did like multiple times. So, like, during that, I feel like that it was, did like that because they needed more time to fill. Yeah, yeah, padding. So, I didn't like that because I'm like, it's okay for, like, five seconds of this, but I'm like, you're doing, like, 15 seconds of just the car in front of you. So, it's making me, as a viewer, think, oh, we're about to get in a car accident or something's about to happen that you're doing this, and they don't do it. So, it's just them driving. So, I didn't like that. But overall, besides like the first 15, 20 minutes in the whole them infatuation with the pea shit, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. And once they got to Tampa, that shit was a full-blown ride, and I was ready for it. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it because so then afterwards I went back and I um I read the, the thread again. So then I was like, I can see where they left some stuff out. 
but I know it's a movie. That's what I say most of. And also, I like how they, well, I like and I didn't like how they incorporate uh, Stephanie's version of it inside yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like and I dislike that too. Well, let's so. put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that um, okay. after trivia. Okay. Uh, so what would you rate this movie, Matt? They came up, showed the work, did they work? They that's what they're getting. They didn't do nothing extra. They didn't do nothing too bad unless I want to say something to them. I'm a supervisor now. Uh, also, uh, so yeah, they they just get a uh, promotable. I mean, not promotable. They they did their job. They that's fully right. successful. Is that what yeah. you're trying to say? Yes, yes. Yeah. So say, yeah, yes. we uh, our rating scale is based off of a performance plan, Deanna. So what would you rate this movie? It. We are not on tips here. Um. I would say um, overall, I would say, yeah, we would do the fully successful. I, I agree the ending was a dub. Um, I think they could have did better. I agree the Philly part or the padding, as you called it, where they were just in the car. Like, I thought that was dumb as fuck. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> I, I was kind of confused on like the whole point of that. But again, reading the tweets after it, I feel like they had to make the movie long enough. And since there wasn't much talk in the thread about what happened in the car ride there, they kind of was just like, let's just throw some stupid shit in here to run some time down to show the from this location to this location till we can get to the next point. So, I mean, I think they could have did better with that. Um, otherwise, um, because it was so relatable, I'll give the relatability portion of it an exceptional. <laughs> I know these types of holes, y'all don't understand. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, I agree with both of you. Like, I would give this, uh, you know, meets expectations. Like, I was here for it for like the visuals. I wish they would have kept up with it. Like the story was a ride. Uh, forgot to say this earlier, but uh, Taylor Page, the actress that paid that played Zola, absolutely beautiful. Absolutely she was. beautiful. She was. Um, no, let me, let me finish. My, let me finish my shit. Okay, I, I want to capitalize on that. Go ahead. But um, like like I like like I said, you know, and like you guys also said, like the ending was a dud. That's why it's not any higher. But I would recommend this movie. Yes, and Taylor Page, like as I'm watching it, I'm like she is great in this movie. And I'm like as I'm looking at her, I'm like she kind of looks familiar, but kind of don't. I'm like, what do I? She kind of looks familiar. So then, like as I watched the movie, she was in Ma Rainey's bottom, black, black bottom. Yeah, black bottom, and I was like. That's where I know from. I'm telling the you. The only person that don't know what that is. It's a, you ever it's, seen that? It's a Chadwick Boseman movie. I haven't it was seen Chadwick it. Chadwick Boseman's last movie. It's on Netflix too. We're gonna we're gonna do oh, a review of it one day. Um, little inside me, I don't really watch TV. That's fair. Taylor Page, I'm telling you, she will be a star in Hollywood. Why? She, she can because act well. She can act well. She can act she well. Yes. Okay, or is it the ass? Because she was very pretty and very proportioned. So is it the ass? Or no, because in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, you don't see none of that. And she's a, she's a great actress in that. Okay. So then when she's in this movie, you see all the assets, but she still plays the role to perfection. So I'll, like, there's going to be a role for, quote me on this one. 
So she's the only character that you guys recognize. Like nobody recognized any of the other. No, no, no. We're not. We're not saying that. Like no, no. I'm just asking. Like I, I've never seen her in anything before. Um, the guy that plays X, he's in, he's in Candyman. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, hey. Let's stop here. So. I'm fucking terrified of that man. I've been going, they they torture me at work in our chat groups. That man has been a torture since I was a kid. Like I'm beyond terrified of Candyman. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Wait. So you're saying uh-huh. that you want to be on the episode with Candyman? New I Candyman. sure the fuck do. I do not want to, and I will end y'all shit right now. Say it again. <laughs> like I, I I literally was about to cry earlier because the commercial came on and I couldn't find my remote. I was like, oh yeah, it's showing. Like I, I I have never been like scared of movies. I'm not a scary movie person to begin with, but that has that movie has tortured me since I was a kid. Like, what do you guys think the Rotten Tomatoes was on this movie? I think it's high. I go with eighty five. I would say it's slightly lower than that. I don't think more people either know about not, I mean, like, I don't think a lot of people are going to identify with the movie. I think they're going to just see it as flat out as a comedy. So it may be decent rated just because of the comedy aspect of it. But as far as like, oh, this is some real shit. I don't think people are really going to know. So I would say probably 75. 88%. Really? Yes. I was surprised too. Look, I'm surprised too. I mean, don't get me wrong. As like, say if you do not know the whole th- Twitter thread backstory, mm-hmm. it like if you base it solely off the movie, like you're a brand new person coming in, it is a intriguing story, top to bottom, and then you you could tweak stuff here and there. But the the bottom line is, it's a a very intriguing and interesting story. Yeah, it was. It kind of put me in the frame. Well, her boyfriend kind of put me in the frame of mind of Napoleon Dynamite almost. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for him to break out and start dancing like on the parking lot any moment. Like, <laughs> hey, let's do this. I'm bored. But, and, and, and that's the downside of remembering the thread before the movie is because as I'm watching the movie, I'm waiting for the part that he hits himself. And then he only did it like three or four times. And I'm like, when I read the Twitter thread originally, I'm like, it made it seem like he was doing something more crazy than what was actually right. portrayed in the movie. Well, I didn't know about that. So, okay, I did not know that this was based on a true story. I had never heard about this. I had never heard about the thread. So as I'm like, Chad, like, yo, I can't wait for the podcast. Like, I really like the movie. I'm ready to talk about it. Um, I didn't know. So he's like, oh, well, you know, he shot me the, the, the threads. And I'm like, oh, this shit was hilarious. Like, I wish I would have read that first because mm. then... Uh, some of the more dumber parts of it would have probably made more sense where I was just like, okay, what the fuck are they doing? Um, it probably would have made a little bit more sense first, but I mean, whether you read the thread first or not doesn't really matter just because the sheer, sheer entertainment of it by itself is enough. Right. Like, All right, so uh, let's jump through this trivia real quick. Um, this is a trivia question for you guys. Which disgraced Hollywood actor slash producer slash director originally bought the film rights for Zola? A, James Franco, B, Louis C.K., C, Kevin Spacey, or D, Nate Parker? I was going to go with Louis C.K. first, but then I'm like, ah, Nate Parker, he black, so he might have jumped on it too. But Louis C.K. had comedy thing. So I'm going to go with Louis C.K. Deanna? 
Who would you Whoever think? B was, B. Around the time the tweets were written, James Franco bought the movie rights to bring the story wow. to Hollywood. He was originally attached to direct, produce, and star in the movie. Honestly, I would like James Franco instead of uh, Stephanie's boyfriend. I think it would be a lot more funny if James Franco was at the position. And see, that's, that's, that's actually the problem. Um, that's not going to be the, that was not going to be the version he would have did. Oh. So that's why I said, let's put a pin in the Stephanie version of the Zola story. Mm-hmm. because eventually like when the fallout came out and like um the sexual fucked up stuff that james franco was doing came to light and somebody else got the rights to the movie they hired a black female director to direct this movie and she was saying that what james franco wanted to do was tell the story from stephanie's perspective basically mm-hmm. make stephanie zola so that uh-huh. would have meant uh-huh. that right so that would have meant that x would have most likely been played by james franco gotcha okay so yeah so yes that so when the movie flipped to stephanie's perspective yes that is what she said on um on reddit but also that was the movie poking fun at the james franco version that he wanted to make okay okay All right, so we're going to do a quick trivia dump and then we're out of here. Each tweet sound in the film indicates a direct quote or moment that was taken from the original Twitter thread. Riley Keough, who spent a lot of her time, uh, Riley Keough is Stephanie, um, who spent a lot of her career nude on screen, joked during an interview that this might be the first film where she didn't have to get naked. And um, the last one is... Taylor Page to do research for the movie was actually a stripper for a month and actually took her clothes off. Mm. And um, it, it and, paid um, off. She was, on the, she, was, she was looking good on the pole. Uh, yeah, she it did she, not she, pay off. She has some technique. What what strip clubs have y'all been to? Enough. No, you haven't. That was no techniques. None. No, and uh, it's good that we have experienced people in there. So you're saying that Zola. <laughs> You said Zola skills need to be worked on. He's very amateur. Very, very amateur. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. I'm glad, I'm glad we have a woman saying that and not <laughs> us saying that. So that's good. This is why I want <laughs> diversity on the show. Like, exactly. The crazy thing is, look, I, was to, I was supposed to go to the strip club last night, but I got tired. Literally, I was supposed to go last night. <laughs> But no, like it's it's it was very amateur even for the movie. So for them to depict that both of them used to be strippers, and then when you see them dance, I was like, sad face. Thought I was gonna <laughs> see some real dancing here. It's not. <laughs> well, all right then. All right, all right, sorry, not to cut you off, but like now I got me curious. What movie or TV show, whatever you can think of, what movie shows the perfect or the most realist stripper experience? As far as I'm dancing, I don't think I've seen any movie that actually depicts like how a real strip club from, and I've been to ones here in Illinois. I've been to some in Tennessee. I've been to some in Atlanta. I've been to some in North Carolina. I've been to some in Florida. Like I like my strip clubs. Um, I haven't seen any movies. I think unless you actually have like a documentary or an actual series, sort of like that Jocelyn's Cabaret type of shit, 
you're not mm -hmm. really going to get a real look into it at all. And or like Kings of Diamonds or, you know, unless you're watching maybe Love and Hip Hop, I believe that's uh, Miami with uh, Miami Tip. Like she was an actual stripper. Like until you start seeing stuff like that, you really don't get a, a real look at any of this. The rest of it is just bullshit. Okay. So, OK, I'm going to cap on. So something like this movie or even like something like um, the Players Club, like, can you give me a short version of why these movies and like what's the difference between like the real life versus like these movies? Entertainment purposes, because it's gutter and grimy as fucking a strip club, like in, in most black strip clubs, I will say. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's going to sell movie wise. People don't want to hear about the gutter part of, you know, oh, they got pimps or they really in here doing you know whatever whatever for an extra dollar or they don't want to hear about strippers getting raped and like it's too realistic when they go and watch tv shows or movies they want entertainment so they gotta they gotta spruce it up and make it pretty and put a bow on it for it to be able to be sold otherwise i mean strip what is it uh players club was probably the closest to bullshit you'll get and it wasn't even about strippers if you think about it it was about the owner of the club really right and in his bullshit, you just had maybe a stripper who had some dumb shit and her brother pulled some fuck shit. It was never really about the club. Most of the action took place outside of the club. It was just because strippers were involved in the shit. It wasn't the actual strip club or the aspect of stripping that caused them. And so you ain't going to get it nowhere else, really. Okay. All right. I appreciate so, it. Do you have anything to plug before we roll out of here, Deanna? Plug? There ain't no businesses, no social media that you want to get these extra followers on? No, I'm not big on social media. Shit, I just learned uh, how to put a picture on TikTok like two weeks ago. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to work Snapchat. I feel like I'm old before my time. I like to get out here and just live in it. So I don't really have no plugs for nothing, to be honest. Um, shit, y'all know me. Y'all know how to catch me. And if you don't know me, sucks the fucking be you. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at weusedtotalkpod at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page, we used to talk about this at work. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at weusedtotalkpod. So thank you so much, Deanna. You gave me so much content to cut. And um, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you. You'll be back. Don't worry. I absolutely will be. I, I I don't know how Chad decided that you was going to be the one for this one, but it turns out you ended up being the perfect person. For so this one. I, I fell into this one. I genuinely <laughs> fell into this one. Like it's just dumb luck. Right. I don't think I told you I did Showgirl before. I don't think I have. Or did I? No, you've never told me that before. It's like Deanna is fun. She she might you know have some some fun commentary but i had no idea we were going to go down this road i thank you for it um, hey i appreciate it because now nah, it, it gives like it gives validation to the movie i i enjoyed you on there on this podcast i feel like yeah we definitely gonna need you again for a future episode i appreciate you taking your time out absolutely